Okay, welcome back. Episode 17 of Three Decades Deep. We're actually doing um, a little bit of a different episode today because I'm flying solo and Jackie is... (laughs) (laughs) Shh, I haven't introduced you yet. Uh, Jackie's overseas living her best life in Thailand, um, running one of her retreats. So I am joined here today with Corey. Um, Most of you probably know Corey's my partner. (laughs) But he's also um, a business owner, bodybuilder, YouTuber, YouTuber, lots of different, um, lots of different things, an entrepreneur. One might Jack say. of all trades, master of none. Really, Jack of all trades, master. That's what I say about me. Oh, it's me too. Is it? <laughs> We're a good pair. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess you know Corey's come on here today to talk about um, all things training and nutrition and. Maybe some stereotypes that, um, you know, bodybuilding kind of might face and um, some challenges that men in general might face. But first, firstly, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be here. You know, you, you invited me on for a while, but kind of <laughs> kicked to the side. Well, Glad we've made time for you Jackie's now. Jackie's got to be away for me to get rostered in, you know. <laughs> so. Oh, well, how are you, firstly? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> How's your morning been? Good, just trained, you know, we trained, Yeah. did some work, it's Australia Day today, so yeah. we're going to do this podcast. Yeah, that's it. Talk about some stuff I know nothing about. Shut um, up. And yeah, a bit nervous. A bit nervous, this is the first podcast. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. welcome, it's exciting. Thanks. <laughs> um, so obviously we always start the podcast off with doing a nip or tick, so Corey, no exception. Would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? Uh, you can go first. Ladies first. Okay. Thank you. Such a gentleman. <laughs> um, okay. So my ego tick is sleeping with the fan on. <laughs> you sleep with the fan on. It doesn't. It's an ego tick. What do you mean? Because I feel like we need to talk about this. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Serious. I feel like this is a conversation that we need to have. On the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. So, I'm a tick. However, there are rules in place around the fan. So, I am I like, you know, air circulating. I like, um, <laughs> I like, you know, obviously, I don't like it when it gets stuffy. So, I like having the fan on. So, it's a tick. <laughs> However, I don't like the fan in my face. Like I'm in the middle of a tornado and there's like a hundred K winds. Cause that's what it feels like sleeping in the bed next to you with the fan on. Why do you have to exaggerate everything so much? <laughs> I don't. I mean, the fan's on low and it's pointed at my knees. <laughs> it is now, but originally it was, it yeah, was. When in- I'm alone, I have it on full noise. <laughs> Directly against my head. How far away from your head do you normally keep it? As close as I can possibly have it. <laughs> so I get hot. I'd just like to paint a little picture of Corey sleeping. <laughs> he's like sleeping. He's facing outwards. And he's got the fan, I would say, like two centimeters away from his face on the highest setting it would go. <laughs> well... I don't really like to call myself a bodybuilder because it's just uncomfortable. <laughs> I think anyone who's a bit bigger will, you know, they're going to agree with me. We need a bit, we need the fan. It's not just about air circulation in the room. <laughs> I fucking need it. All right. I'm hot. I'm sweating. You know what I mean? It's not a want, it's a need. Yes. So yours is just like a, oh, a bit of air circulation. So it's like, no, it's a must have for me. If I don't have a fan, I can't sleep. Okay. So, what's the compromise we've come to now? We've actually had... This has been There's a work... no compromise. It's your way. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a work in progress um, in our relationship for the past six months. When I first met you, it wasn't like this. I feel like you, you've, your fan no, needs... You just, your you fan just... needs have become higher. No. So, now what we do is instead of like it facing directly on Corey's face, because it, I actually like take cover behind you, like... It, to, to not get the full force of the of the fan. If because... I can't feel it on my face, how do you feel it on your face? <laughs> I don't know. I just can't. I just can't. 
It's a bit of a sensitive topic. Probably shouldn't have put it up. Sorry. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> we'll talk about this later. We don't want to have a domestic on air. I actually need a fan right now. <laughs> no, because the, the, the noise, yeah. Podcasting. <laughs> you are wearing a jumper. Yeah, but you got to have a bit of both. Yeah. You know? Balance is key, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, it's cold, when it's cold out, jumper, hmm. fan on, full noise. Perfect. <laughs> Do you like it for the noise or do you like it for the... Like, obviously, you like it for the wind Bit effect. of both. Yeah. I like a bit of noise or else I just get caught up in my anxious thoughts and I stay up all night. <laughs> so, it's like white noise for you. Yeah. It's how you sleep. Yeah, right. pretty much. Okay, so it's obviously a tick for you. It is a tick for me, but within reason. I mean, it's not really a tick. Like, I don't give a fuck, to be honest. <laughs> if, if we don't have the fan on. Well, if you... I need the fan. That's what I mean. So, it's a tick. But I'm, if you don't like the fan, that's fair enough. No, as but long like, as you don't stop me from using the fan. That's what I mean. But for you personally, I'm not going to be like dating a girl and she says, "Oh, I like to use the fan." I'm no, like, oh, yes. an ick or you tick know? is like not necessarily like an issue. It's like, do you agree with it or not agree with it? So like, ick is like, I wouldn't like a fan at night time. Tick, you sure? Yeah, that's how the segment is. I think that's wrong. Anyway, this is how <laughs> we've done it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's a tick for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like fan use. Okay. I'm glad we got down to the end of that. All right. What's yours? Um, shit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we thought about this before. People that excessively don't like foods. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like Jackie. Yeah, exactly like Jackie. <laughs> I love that you brought this up when Jackie's not here to defend herself. <laughs> uh, we'll have it out at one point. Yeah. It's like, why? You know, do you want to have this? I don't like it. Do you want this? I don't like it. Like, why? But what, okay, what about if it's like you're an intolerance? Because I yeah, obviously... Yeah, that's completely different. Okay, so it's like they just don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So like Jackie doesn't... Like I've got plenty of mates. Yeah. That like, they grew up on fucking Maccas, so they don't eat anything. It's like, fuck off. Grow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't really care. I'm going to be more on the fence. So if I was like, it's just. It depends. Does it affect you? If, so, you, if you made a meal for me. Yeah. Or you brought me over to your mother's house, she cooked a nice meal. And I'm mm. like, I don't like potatoes. I don't like veggies. You'd be like, bitch. Yeah, that's what I think. It, it depends who the person is to you. So, like, obviously, if, if I, we're like we're dating, and if I hated heaps of foods, that would impact your life quite a lot. Does I that... mean, I just eat the same foods anyway. No, I know, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, as in, if maybe if da- if Jackie was dating someone and he was a big foodie and she didn't like to try different foods that would be an ick for him because, you know, she wouldn't be open to going to restaurants that have different, you know, different types of foods. Yeah. I that guess she sense. could find some, but yeah, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I'm sure they have bacon in there. She loves that. <laughs> just bacon singer. Just bake her some bacon and some toast and she'll be fine. Jack, you want some bacon and eggs? I'll oh, just take the bacon, thanks, mate. <laughs> just just the right. bacon, hold the eggs. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I'm going to say... If I was dating someone like that, that would be a nick, yeah. Yeah, it's like... I've got another one, though. Oh, here we go. Fuck, you've just... From someone who didn't couldn't think of one, you've now just got multiple, all right? People who track their workouts on their Apple Watch and they have to do it. <laughs> it's like, I know you do this. I do this. Everyone yeah. does this. I feel like it's a female thing. Am I allowed to say that here? I'm going to get roasted. Probably. Um... Talk me through it. Why? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just one of those things. It's like, oh, I've got to go for a walk. Pull my walk up. But do you want to I'm know my... the gym. Put, like... Do you want to know? Like, there's a few things. So the first thing is like, I like to see all my little circles at the end of the day be closed. Like, it's a bit of a, it keeps me like, I'm, I've got to do this because I want my circles closed. So that contributes to that. And also I have friends on like, that I share my stuff with. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. So like me and the girls will like, I don't know, like I'll get a notification when like Jackie's finished. So they see him when you got 2000 steps yesterday? Yeah. I've been sick. Guys, I've had COVID. Okay. So give me a break. Oh, ick. I- 
<laughs> COVID, <laughs> ick. Um, so yeah, I only got, I actually got 3,000 steps yesterday, but I've been sick. So let's just go. I feel in. like sometimes you just get a bit of an icky feeling for no real reason. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What do you mean? Like you, everyone has something where if something, someone does something, yeah. there's no real reason behind it, but you're like, it's just, it's ick. just, it just isn't ick. There's no reason. Yeah. You just think, yeah, Like three quarter jeans. Yeah, that's an ick. Three yeah. quarter jeans. It's, an, it's a thing. White that... jeans, ick. No, nah, I look proper. You though. wore white jeans to our first date, I remember. <laughs> we had that end up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, okay, <coughs> so, yeah. I forgot what we were talking about. What were we talking about? No, no, no. <laughs> Move on. Moving on. All right, let's get into the episode today. So... I want to talk to you about all of, well, there's lots of different things I want to talk to you about, but I think firstly what we should start on is, um, where should we start? Maybe let's start on your business. So the gym, you've just recently, talk to me about your gym or like how you, I guess how your journey with that gym started. From the start. From the start, from the very beginning. Well, the gym I own now, I started training at when I was 15. Mm-hmm. It was the first gym I ever went to. It was my first job, just like cleaning the floors and that. Um, and yeah, I think it holds a very sentimental part in my heart because, you know, I've been going there since I was 15 and pretty much been there every single day since you were so young and going through so many things, you know, meeting so many good people in my life. Mm. Um, that had an impact on my journey and personal development. Mm. It's more than just, you know, a gym. Yeah. Obviously, I started training there. I fell in with training there. Um, I started PTing there. You mm. know, I kicked off the coaching there. My first job. I met so many valuable people in my life that kind of, you know, helped mould who I am today, you mm. know, through those experiences and interactions. Um uh, and fast forward, I just bought it. <laughs> <laughs> just bought it. Well, congratulations. It's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you think, I guess, like finding training at such a young age, at like 15, because that's a pretty like, that's a pretty important part of someone's like an age of someone's life. Yeah. Like, do you think it really, like, do you think you were kind of at a bit of a crossroad? Like, do you think you could have gone down a completely different path if you didn't find the gym and training? Of course, of course. I think, um, you know, you know my childhood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was at an age where I wasn't really sure, you know, I was getting into trouble, probably hanging out with the wrong people. Um, you know, no real direction or purpose and no like strong male role models in my life. Mm. Um, you know, I have a beautiful mum mum and sister. <clears throat> and I think, yeah, I think without it's not even just the training, it's just it's it's obviously the training, but Without that place, I would not be mm. the person I am today mm. because it is about the experiences that I went through there. Mm. And I said the people that I met, right? Yeah. And a lot of older men that are now very close to me, you know, kind of took me under their wing when I was really young. I don't know why. <laughs> um, taught me how to train and, you know, taught me how to be a man and all these things that obviously a single mum couldn't, couldn't do. Mm. Did I just say mama? Mama, single mama, <laughs> single that. mama couldn't do. Yeah, all the things that a single mum couldn't do, you know, like there's only, she was awesome to play both roles. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it, I would definitely wouldn't be the person I would say without it. Mm. Right. And I think like there's one thing, because like a lot of people don't know this, but you're only 25. So yes, I'm Cradle Sancha, I know. But you're only 25 and I think that you come with a lot of maturity. Like when I first met you, I didn't I couldn't believe that you were six years younger than me and because you don't act that way you don't hold yourself in that way and I think that being I don't know I think that that environment being at the gym or starting the gym when you were 15 and also like your childhood experiences I think that they've really shaped like you said who you are as a person um and I think that is I don't know something to be pretty proud of because not many 25 year olds are as successful as you are yeah and I think I'm, I'm blessed with, um, as I said, the, the opportunities and the people that I met at that gym, mm. you know. Um, I wouldn't be able to do this alone. And I think the people around you are so important. And they really did care for me. It wasn't like you rock up to them and train. It's like 
my best mate Ruben. Um, <clears throat> there's, there's, you know, memories where he would, you know, I think I was like 18, you know, just training, nothing really else going on for me. Um, and he said to me that, you know, muscles and, you know, training is, is good and all, but if you have nothing good to speak about and you don't expand your mind and your knowledge and your intellect, then it's all worth nothing. Yeah. And it's like, people are granting me those lessons. Mm. So they really did care about me and kind of, it's those lessons that made me in the person I'm today. Yeah. Right? It wasn't just like we rock up and train, they really did care for me. Yeah. And as I said, teach me the lessons that I really need, didn't need to learn. Mm. And I think you've like touched on a really good point there because I think a lot of, you know, like, you know, that, that saying, it's like all muscle, no brain and things like that. There is this stereotype around that certain type of person. Um, and I guess, I don't know, is that something that you've come across? Because I know, knowing you, that you are so intellectual and you are so driven and, you know, it's not, you're not just all muscle, but is that something that you've had to kind of, I don't know, deal with? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, you know, I think it's just the priorities going in the wrong direction mm. and trying to solve problems and, um, you know, behaviors and, you know, maybe some, you know, mental health issues mm -hmm. with changing your physique and, not trying to change anything else, mm. right? It's all about how you look. And I think I kind of started gym at, I'm 25, but when I started gym, like I don't, there was no Instagram and stuff like that. Like I trained because it was something I could just, you know, I was there twice a day. I'd go from school, I'd go before school on the weekends. We'd, we'd go there in the morning, we'd train, we'd drive off, we'd eat Maccas, we'd come back, we'd train again. Mm. We'd have a chat, we'd train, we well, there all day, you know, yeah. but it was, it was because it was it was my thing that I could do. It wasn't to build a physique or I didn't even know what competing was until five, six years down the track. I didn't mm. know what a PTL coach was. It was just the love for it and the training with your mates. And even when you just go alone through good times and hard times, it's just something that you can have for yourself. And back then, not many people were doing as they were now. Yeah. Right? Mm. Definitely. And I think um, you like knowing you so well like it is something that I see that you love and like you're so passionate about it and I wonder like I see your work ethic and I see how much time and how many hours you put into into your work but I also see how passionate you are about it so do you think that contributes to I guess your ability to focus so much time onto onto it yeah for sure I think I've said this a lot of times I think the the effort a lot of people put into their training and their nutrition, if they put that into any other task, they'd be highly successful. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people may need to take a step back and think all this effort I'm putting into this one thing, is it, is it, is it giving me enough back? Has it set me up for the long run? Mm. Right. Cause I know a lot of people that it's just their whole life. Mm. Right. And for me, I think <clears throat> being so passionate with the training and, you know, it was it was all training. It was meals, training, repeat. Yeah. And I just kind of carried those ethics and behaviors into anything else that I did. Yeah. Right? It was just striving to be my best, always reflect, learn, and just continue forward like that. And it's I'm blessed again to have been able to do and have a career and a business in what I love. Mm. You know, but obviously it didn't start like that. It was very organic to turn into that. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, I think training is definitely a part of it. And I think training alone and, you know, even, you know, if you watch my YouTube and how I train, I train with a lot of tensing. I'm very, I train very hard. Mm, yeah, you do. Right. And it's, and it's, it's a mental thing. Yeah. Right. And it's building mental resilience. You go into the gym every day, you do your exercises and every, that's an opportunity every single day to push the negative thoughts out of your mind mm -hmm. and do exactly what you told yourself you're going to do, right? Because a lot of people, it's like, they want to stop smoking, they don't. They want mm -hmm. to stop drinking, they don't, right? Mm -hmm. It's the promises and the, and the word that they give themselves, they break it. Mm -hmm. And then it's easy to break over time. And I think training is one of those things where you go into the gym every day yeah. and every set that you do, that voice comes in your head that says, oh, stop now. You can't do it. 
are you going to stop or are you going to keep pushing forward? And I think when you keep pushing forward, it just leaks into all the other things in your life where you can just keep willing yourself forward because that's just what it's about. Mm. Do you ever have days where you can't be bothered going into train? Yeah, of course. And how do you, I guess like, because I'm sort of thinking of people who, obviously you're so passionate about it and you're so driven um, and even you have days where you don't want to train. So then there are people who probably aren't as passionate and aren't as driven. And I guess like, well, how do you overcome those days where you're like, oh, I can't bother training today? Like, I think it depends for me because I'm really structured and yeah. I have such a passion for it. So I think a little bit differently than maybe a lot of people should. Yeah. Um, especially if they're just starting out, if I feel like I'm really not up to train, I need to reflect on my environment and what's going on. Mm. You know, it, I'm either working way too much, not giving back to myself. I'm not sleeping good enough. I'm not eating enough. I'm not yeah. hydrated. I'm just run down mm. because it's just not like me. Yeah. Right. So it's not a conversation of like, a lot of people don't train because they just don't love it. Yeah. Right. They might be just getting into it and they're trying to find that love mm. or they just never have. Right, because a lot of people do, I feel, just try and force it. Yeah. For some reason, everyone has their own reason. Mm. But if you're someone that really does love it, and you've been doing it for a long time. I think, you know yourself, right? Mm. When you feel unmotivated to go, you can kind of think deeper and find why that is, mm. right? And normally, it's like some of the reasons is like there's nothing fucking wrong with resting, yeah. right? If I don't feel like going to the gym, normally I'm wrecked. Yeah. And it's probably wise for me to actually not go, and get some sleep yeah you know what i mean yeah but i sure. think it's definitely person dependent like same with you same with jackie yeah right i think for all of us it's like when we don't feel like going to the gym we understand why yeah and you know potentially just willing yourself to that session might not be the best idea yeah because i think it is there is a tendency i think for a lot of us who have that quite regularly in our routine to, to go to the gym when we probably shouldn't as well yeah. So there's the other side of it, the flip side of it, which is probably not great. You know, like you, you train, you don't have your rest days. You're sick, but you're like, fuck it, I'll still push through. Yeah. And like, that's probably something that can be challenging for people who have that consistency. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned before about intensity and I wanted to talk to you about this because I feel like this is something you've taught me a lot in. Um, and since training with you i've really tried to focus on intensity um still don't always reach failure <laughs> but um i do try and i've definitely noticed huge changes in um in my training i think one of the things was like the logbook that you taught told me to do like record my workouts has really made a difference um but can you just talk to me a little bit more around like intensity and why it's so important well if the goal is hypertrophy outcomes, so muscle growth, you need to be taking sets to failure, yeah. right? You know, there is a debate. You could potentially leave a couple of reps in the tank and still get the adaptations for muscle growth that we're all trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. There's potential there. Um, you know, there's conversations about, obviously, if is taking sets all the way there truly worth the kind of cost of fatigue that you get from that because mm. with everything you get, there's a cost, mm. right? So taking every set that you do to absolute failure, you're going to drive up a lot of fatigue. So you need to be able to manage that. Yeah. Um, however, a lot of people aren't, aren't in that position to even think about that yet, mm. yeah. right? Because they're not even getting close to that, the stimulating rep marker that's going to provide muscle growth, right? Because mm. we know from plenty of research, um, that not, not all reps in a set create muscle growth, right? Mm. You know, it's the last two to three, you know, maybe three to four for beginners, right? Before failure that actually cause the adaptations for muscle mm. growth, right? Now, knowing that and knowing if you're three reps away from failure or two reps from failure or one is very hard and it's subject to a lot of you know, emotional discrepancy, some days you're tired. Mm. So you think you're two away, but you're actually eight, right? Yeah. And if you're leaving eight reps in the tank, you're just not doing what needs to be done to get the result that you want. Would you, sorry, you go. You go, you go. I was just going to ask, so I think one question that a lot of people might ask, because I also am not sure, like what's better, higher, like, higher weight or higher reps? Or does, does it depend what <clears throat> your goal is? No. 
okay. So the goal is... <laughs> the goal, the, uh, no. Absolutely not, Emma. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Is the goal muscle gain, right? Yeah. Muscle growth, mm-hmm. right? You want to progress. So the reps don't really matter. Okay. You know, if hypertrophy outcomes, normally it's anywhere from five to six to 30 reps mm-hmm. are going to enable growth, right? Yeah. Now, the only conversation to be had there is, like I said about before, everything has a trail-off. Now, if I put you on the leg press mm. and I load up the weight sufficient enough for you to fail at 10 reps, mm. how do you reckon that same set will feel if I loaded that up with sufficient weight for you to fail at 30? 30 oh, is a lot that's harder. a lot, yeah. Right, so if we know that even if you fail at 30, 20, 10 or eight, you're going to get the same result for growth, mm. right? However, the higher up in the reps you go, the more fatigue you're gonna generate. And yeah. this is what we're talking about of just the stimulus to fatigue ratio, mm. right? It's like, what am I getting and what is it taking away? Right. Right, so that's the main conversation we had there. The reps don't really matter. And, and l- as long as it's taken to failure, but know the higher, they, higher you go, right? If you, if you wanna try it, Get on the squat, fail at eight, and then fail at 30. Mm. The rep you failed at 30 is going to be extremely more fatiguing. Yeah. Right? So there's a trade-off there, and you really get no huge benefit from it. Yeah. You're still taking that set to fail. You're still doing the job. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of the, the reps question. Did mm-hmm. I answer that? Yeah, 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 it did. So, like, I'd be better off <clears throat> doing 10 reps to failure than, say, 20. Yes, but it, it depends on the, the movement you're doing as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and there's a thing called metabolic stress as well. It's the accumulation of metabolites in the cell and it's the cell swelling effect. You know, you can think of like pump work, mm-hmm. right? So there's that conversation, but there's no real research. You know, it's probably just a byproduct of mechanical tension anyway, mm-hmm. right? So it's just if, but if you like kind of pump work, mm-hmm. then go for it. You know, just higher rep sets so you can get a good pump and a good squeeze. Enjoyment is the key anyway, Yeah, you know, but I think you'd pick the battles there. Maybe yeah. on like an isolate glute kickback or a bicep curl mm-hmm. or a quad extension, maybe on 15, 20 reps, cool, right? Yeah. But if you're doing like a big compound movement, maybe lower is the better mm-hmm. for the majority, unless you're working with some sort of injury. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. What type of people do you work with? I was, was going to ask you this before, but what kind of like, so your clients, you've got... Um, you've got quite a few clients. Like what are the sort of people, like do you work with mostly bodybuilding or do you work with like other types? I know you've worked with powerlifters before. So like what is sort yeah. of the range of people? A lot of the powerlifters I work with is just nutrition. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's not my area at all. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much anyone. Yeah. Right. Majority of um, athletes I work with are, will just, you know, are bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they live that life. Um, but, that's only probably like half. The yep. other half, they still train, they still at their meals. The people I work with, pretty much anyone who's going to give it the effort that it yeah. needs, right? Yep. Because I have the gym, I have different things I need to work on. Mm. You know, I'm thankfully not in a position anymore to need to just bang my head and work with people who just aren't willing to put in the work in to achieve their goal. Yeah. So anyone who's willing to give their goals the effort needed, I'll work with them. Yeah. So anyone. Yeah. Okay, cool. And what are some of the things that you find like people are doing wrong a lot of the time? So like one thing I think of that I know we've had conversations about before is people under eating. So do you see that a lot? And I'm, I think like I'm asking more around, is that really common for females? But it may be common for males. I'm not sure. When it comes to food, I think, you've either got severe end of the spectrum for a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? It's either they're severely under eating. <laughs> Levi's having a bit of a... <laughs> Levi's having a nightmare as per usual. Levi. <laughs> they're, sorry, they're either severely under eating or severely, severely overeating. Mm, okay. And it comes in kind of acute periods of time mm. where it's like binge eating. Yeah. Right? That's the main thing. Yeah. Um, where it's normally if someone's under eating and it's not for like a solid or competitive uh, purpose Mm. um they might go three four days severely under eating really restricting and then they overeat yeah for a day or two and they go back to that so it's that binge eating pattern 
And with clients like that, what do you, how do you educate them? Like, do you kind of recommend that they go see a psychologist? Of if course. Having, yeah. I think anyone who works with me has probably heard, not all of them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of them, you know, mm. and I highly recommend that, you know, um, because it's not my area of expertise and, you know, it kind of is an ick <laughs> when a lot of coaches think it is. Yeah. Because right? you see it a lot of these, I know it annoys you, it's like, a coach who maybe has a cert three and four in fitness, which teaches you fucking nothing, um, is trying to be a, you know, a mental health coach or a wellness coach and mm. trying to work with people when it comes to these sort of behaviors. It's like, refer them on. Be Stay a, within be your... Be a professional. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And I know like, I mean, I'm just going to throw you under the bus here, but this, you, I remember you told me, um, that one of your clients was really struggling with their mental health and you gave them a free, you said like, you don't, you don't have to pay me for like a couple of weeks and use that money to go see a psychologist, which I think is like really, really yeah. admirable as well. Yeah, well, um, that's for all my clients that I work with. Yeah. The, the week that they go on to a psychologist or anything that's gonna promote that sort of mental health, you know, benefit, mm. I don't charge them. Yeah. Which because is pretty cool, I think. It's, you know, it's not only because I want to see them obviously improve their life, you're just going to get a better, a better client in the end of the day anyway. Because mm. the thing is, why people don't succeed, it's mental. Yeah. Right? It is, it is always mental. So you need to unlock that. Mm. They can't follow the meal plan or their macros because they keep binging. It's not like, all right, well, let's just give you more chocolate or make it a bit more flexible. Or No, you've got to find out the root causes. And when you figure that out, you've got a better client and you're going to get a better outcome anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of working with the person like quite holistically. It's not just like, yeah, training and nutrition. It's yeah. like, well, what stress have you, yeah. what stress have you got going on? How's your sleep? Like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm not, you know, a lot of coaches out there um, have a lot of valuable information to give, mm. right? They do. But you need to know when it's time to delegate the, the, the task. To right. someone else. Just to a professional. Yeah. Right? Because you're not. Yeah. Right? Um, you didn't stop help with a psychologist study for like seven, eight years. Mm. You didn't do that. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, a lot of the clients that I work with always say, you know, and a lot of coaches would get this, right? It's you help with their stress, their mental health so much. Mm. And obviously staying active and helping them with their sleep and their food is going to help that. Yeah. And, and you have a lot of valuable information to give. A lot of coaches do. But yeah, I think it's just about knowing the, where the line is. Yeah. Right? Knowing what you're dealing with. Don't mm. be ignorant with it because you're, play, you're, you're playing with people's lives here. Yeah. Right? And you could easily, and I've, and I've heard many stories before, make it worse. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um, so it's going to benefit the coach in the long run being able to do that always. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who is just starting out training? Um, what, like, what advice would you give to them if there is any? It's a very broad question. Or like, if you have someone who someone come to you and they're you know relatively new, what would be like? Yeah, what would the advice be that you give? Um, shit. <laughs> so one thing that i that i've heard you say before which has kind of always resonated with me is like when someone's starting out you know they're really focused on trying like on trying to do everything so right like yeah no. it's almost like you just need to feel the weight lift the weight like get into the routine of that life you gotta find the love for it first yeah that's what a lot of people miss miss out on yeah you know when i started you know all the resources and the people I looked up to and learned from and the, I didn't know what this was, mm. right? So it's like, you just find the love for it. Yeah. You just go into the gym and just train. Yeah. You know, you don't know what, you know, a few of the guys at the gym tell you how to do exercises, but it's not all about perfect execution and logging weights even, or, mm. you know, find the love for it first. Yeah. Before you do that, yeah. right? Find the love, push the limits, enjoy it. Right, because a lot of people get in the gym and they're just trying. They've already got their logbook. It's their first day of training. They've already got their tripod. They've already got their logbook. They're already doing their single arm D handle <laughs> cuff pull down. It's like, dude, you know, just get in there and deadlift and squat and just have a good time. 
Yeah. You know, learn that first. Yeah. Because you got to find the love for it, right? Because yeah. it's like you, are, you think to yourself, what is this person's purpose here? Mm. Do yeah. they Are they actually excited about going? Like they've never trained before. It's their first couple of months of training and they're excited to, you know, do their D-handle pull down and write down every weight they lift, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like get into the environment first, like get a feel yeah. for it. You watch them train. It's like you don't enjoy it. No. You know? You might have just seen, you know, some people on Instagram do of it course. and think, yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah, of course. Mm. It wasn't like an organic thing that they started, right? Do, it's just... Do you ever have people come to you who want to compete straight away? And yeah. they, like, haven't really trained before? Never. Like, as in, or they might just, like, double I've, in I've it. heard it heaps of times, yeah. It's, yeah. It's the inquiry where, oh, I've just started training. Um, my goal is to compete in the next year. Yeah. And it's like, no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um, what do you think is, like, the difference, and I haven't actually, uh, like, the difference between, the biggest difference between, like, the men and the women that you coach like in terms of because obviously they're very different like do you see really significant differences in I guess how you have to coach them like I know like for example women have like a menstrual cycle like does that impact yeah so we're talking on kind of like the the programming side yeah of the it programming side you, of things yeah yeah there's a huge there's a huge difference yeah um you have to understand the menstrual cycle really well and that's another thing that I think, and it's not just males, mm. because I see a lot of females, they're like female only coaches. And it's like, I'm sorry, just because you get a menstrual cycle doesn't mean you really understand it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, because again, you're playing with people's health. Yeah. Right. Um, so you need to understand the menstrual cycle. Right. Yeah. Um, it needs, and you need to not be so rigid in that because everyone's so different. Mm. Right. You need to understand the the differences, right? I think women do not respond when they're in a kind of a, you know, in that sympathetic drive all the mm. time, right? Yeah. And they're highly stressed. Yeah. Cortisol is really high, right? They could be doing everything 100% right, but things just don't work, Yeah. right? They don't res respond well to extremes, mm. right? Like... You might have a male that you're, you're dieting down for a show or you're just dieting that you give them a refeed that might be quite an extreme bump in calories mm. and they could respond well to that. And I found that women just don't, mm, right? Okay. It's got to be more moderate and the baseline has to be more moderate. Yeah. Males, you can kind of be more extreme on the deficit, yeah. right? And more extreme on that, on that up. Yeah. Women, I feel like you need more of a steady approach. Yeah. Okay. And you really have to make sure everything's going really well for them. Yeah. And do you think right. that that like is a direct um, impact or like a direct correlation between the fact that women do have these like, quite like complex, yeah, you know, hormones and menstrual yep. cycles and things like that? Yeah, yeah. So you need to know how to manage that and educate them, mm. um, and understand that they're not just small males, you know, yeah. which I've heard a lot, right? Women are just small males. It's not like that. There's other differences, yeah, right? Like, you know, there's a there's a lot of positives as well, mm. right? Like, obviously, we know that women can recover better, right? Okay. So they can handle a little bit more training and training volume as long as they can recover from it. Yeah. I think even when I used to PT, and it's probably my most compliant clients are women. Yeah. Right? When I used to PT, my most brutal sessions I can put people through were all women. That's because we've just got a higher pain tolerance, well, you know what I mean? that's another <laughs> thing, right? I think, you know, they're, yeah, everyone's different, right? Yeah. But as I said... A lot of my top level athletes that just comply and are just weapons are women, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and that's obviously awesome. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the girls. They're the fucking girls. <laughs> as long as you just got to develop a good relationship with them um, and start to get a really good understanding of how they work mentally and how their body works and, and all the factors with that and just learn how to bring the best out of them, mm. right? Keep them calm. Keep them in a good spot. Get them, get them to have an understanding of how important, you know, keeping their mood, their stress, their sleep in a good spot is for their results. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and just... Is it harder for them to, I guess, lose body fat in a way? Because, I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I just said it, you know, 
they're not small males, but mm. they're smaller than males. Yeah. Right. So obviously their energy expenditure isn't as high as a male. Mm. So you have so the food gets lower. With that on a nutrition front, then you need to be more picky with the foods that you choose. Mm. Because if you're you're dieting a female, you get down to fifteen, fourteen hundred calories, maybe thirteen hundred calories. Mm. You need to get sufficient vitamins, minerals, yeah. an array of essential fatty acids, um, and good sources of food into that calorie amount. Yeah, right. So you right. have to be a little bit more picky with the foods that you choose because mm-hmm. overall calories are lower. Yeah. Right. Especially if you want to maintain a, a healthy menstrual cycle and hormone regulation mm-hmm. and all this all this stuff that's so important. Um, and what referring what I said before, you need to have them in a good spot, mm. right? Like what I've noticed is anecdotally, I feel like the women I coach on a whole, they need more sleep as well. Yeah. Right. Normally with my males, I can say seven hours, you'll be right. You know, seven good quality hours. Women are more leaning towards the eight mark. Yeah. Right. Because I see how they respond when they don't get it. Mm. Right. That's how I feel like I'm like that. I need eight hours. Yeah. Otherwise I'm no good. Yeah. Um, and you just pick up these things with obviously research and, and it, the most important part is experience, mm. right? Cause you can, you can have the older degrees and read all the books in the world, but if you don't have experience, you're, you're really lacking there. Yeah. Right. You need to have experience, but you need to have, you need to have your, your mind open your, and your, and your eyes really open and, and, and really understand what's going on and take notes. And every client you work with, male or female is a lesson. Yeah. It's not just someone you can drain money from. Yeah. Right. You can learn from that person, right? If it works and you get awesome results, beautiful, right? Learn from it. Make Mm. sure you learn from it, right? If it doesn't work, right? I've achieved some pretty awesome results, but there's a lot of people I've worked with that didn't achieve that, right? Might have been compliance issues. Probably was, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you could still learn from that because it's also like as a coach, you want to be, all right, well, this, this client wanted to achieve X goal However, we didn't get there. And if Why? it was compliance yeah. issues, how, how can I aid the next person or that current person that's still with you in complying? Mm. Because end day coaching is really about finding the best strategy for each individual for them to comply mm. the best that they can. There's not like one strategy. For, like it's not no. one shoe fits all. No. Like it's very different. Yeah. You know, mm. the success really lies in how well someone can stick to it. Yeah. If someone can stick to something, doesn't matter if it's not the best training program, right? Or the best meal plan. Mm. If they can stick to it, they're going to get the result, yeah. right? There's a lot of people like to think there's these magical, you know, secret. It's like, oh, I'm complying, but nothing's coming off. Like I'm in a deficit. It's like, it's something's not working there, Yeah. right? You got to troubleshoot as a coach. You got to figure right? it out. Because the thing is, most of the time the client doesn't know you know, like a good practice I have is I've coached a lot of people now. Mm. I know pretty well what X amount of calories and X amount of output is going to do for X person. I know what the result's going to be. Mm. If you if you don't get that, you need to have tools to be able to troubleshoot. Mm. You can't just be like, oh, we'll just keep dropping food, right? But it's like usually when you troubleshoot, like I'll get the client to send me photos of each meal they eat for the day. Mm. Also, everything else they put in their mouth, so drinks, etc. Take their fast weight that morning and the next morning, right? And what you normally see there is one, you can pick up on maybe they're not measuring things correctly, mm-hmm. right? It's not their fault. And in their feedback, they might be telling you. So it's not lying. It's just they don't know, right? Yeah. They don't understand that their large latte with full cream milk and three sugars in the morning is affecting their result. Yeah, They're not affecting that the 30 meal of sweet chili sauce on all their meals is affecting their result. Yeah, it's those little indiscrepancies. So you need to be able to troubleshoot, mm. right? Or they go, shit, I've got to send Corey photos and then the next day they lose weight. Yeah. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you, you've, you've weight's been sold for two weeks now, right? <laughs> you send me photos and you lose half a kilo. Yeah. Right? And then you kind of just like, you know, you pick up on it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be able to troubleshoot. And problem solve with each person. Exactly right. Sure. Um... I kind of want to like talk about as well. So we've done an episode on like body image and we really spoke a lot about that from a woman's perspective, because I guess that's kind of from our own experiences. Um, being a male, but also being a coach, you know, do you, I think 
there seems to be a lot like a big increase in men who have a lot of body image issues and i also think it's not spoken about a lot is this something that you see with the male clients that you work with yeah yeah um just obviously just talk about males specifically mm-hmm. i think yes you, you see it more and more over time mm-hmm. it's 2024 social media everyone look everyone wants to look really good and everyone you look at at social media always looks good so there's that pressure there right mm-hmm. um but i think it's it's a duty of a coach to understand that if you get a client that comes to you and says hey dude you know i'm keen to do coaching um i'm really just struggling with the way i look i want to lose 10 kilos so i can really be happy with myself and mm-hmm. um you know get self-confidence and blah blah blah. we've all heard it many many times mm-hmm. right it's most the check it's most the the application that you get along those lines it's like they want to change their physique mm-hmm. to get a better more positive outcome in Compliance. their mentality yeah, yeah. and how they see themselves mm. and it's understanding that it's just all subconscious mm. right if you are unhappy with yourself a six-pack will not change that yeah you'll still be unhappy with the six-pack exactly right i remember per, i used to always say to myself look at myself in the mirror and say i'm not going to be happy until i'm 100 kilos with abs right or i used to say that all the time that day came and i was no more happier than when I was 60 kilos starting out of the gym. Yeah. Why? Because I've been feeding my subconscious mind every single day. I'm not happy. Mm. Your brain, your subconscious does not have eyes. It has yeah. no idea what you look like. Mm. So you changing the way you look isn't going to change that. You need yeah. to change the way you speak to yourself. Like we said, go see a psychologist. Talk to someone who knows about this sort of stuff. Um, slide in an inbox. Right? <laughs> Slide into my DMs. Unless you're a dude. <laughs> <laughs> then fuck off. <laughs> no. um, uh, Do you think it's harder for men? Because I think like it's really well known that women struggle a lot with body image. And I think it's not as spoken about as much. Do you think it's harder for men to open up about those things? Yeah, I think it's, it's harder for men overall to talk about how they feel. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it's potentially getting better. Mm. I guess I'm not really sure, but yeah, I think when men have those sort of subconscious or even conscious um, issues, I don't want to say issues, but Mm. you know, negative feelings mentally, they're not, they don't want to open up about it because Mm. their dads, if they had one, definitely didn't. Yeah. Their dads fucking definitely didn't. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So they weren't taught that. Right. Mm. And you know, I think, it's about surrounding yourself with good people. Mm. Um, and if you're a male, it's surrounding yourself with good women and good men. Yeah. And good men that will listen to you and never judge you. And they can be open about their flaws and what yeah. they're feeling. And they can talk you through it as well. I think like as well, like, I guess, why do you think men are struggling so much these days in terms of the mental health? Like I know we just touched on body image and I think like feeling comfortable to open up and be vulnerable is another thing um do you think like i don't know there is this sort of perception as like being a man that you feel like you have to be like really i don't know tough and strong and i don't know almost like in competition with other men yeah um i I think you know why young men struggling so much you know I'm no expert and I think there's just everyone could have a valid view on this, right? Mm. Everyone. Yeah. There's so many different ways, right? But I think previous generations, they were, they were taught to not show emotion mm-hmm. and be tough. Yeah. So they wouldn't share their emotion and they probably really affected them, mm-hmm. but they can lean on the fact that they were just tough. Yeah. Yeah. Right, they were just bottom, like you got to think of, you know, my pop or you know older figures in your life. It's like they went to war, like <laughs> you know they they did shit, and it's like I'm a man. I just work and and I don't talk about my feelings, and that's that. It's certain for them. It was mm-hmm. certain, yeah, right. It was, yeah, back then. Um, so I think it was obviously bad, yeah, right, because they're inside really battling. Mm. But it's also, they didn't have, it was also good because they had such certainty around that belief. Mm. And certainty around a belief is dangerous, but it can provide a lot of protection. 
Yeah. And now, as the uh, the younger generation are growing up, they are taught to, they don't need that belief anymore. Yeah. You don't need to be tough. Mm-hmm. You don't need to um, be all these things that your grandparents were. You can talk about your feelings, mm-hmm. right? And it's still, they don't really know how. It's yeah. like, you can talk about your feelings, but it's like, it's still like They weren't weird. role modeled that. Yeah. It's weird, but it's not, right? Mm. My, my dad didn't do it, so I don't have any examples of it. But then they don't have this strong belief of like, nah, I'm a man. I just fucking soldier on. They don't have that. Mm. So now they're caught in the middle. Yeah, that's a right? really good point. But like I said, there's so many different, we can talk about it all day and come up with different things. I different think theories. Yeah. Another one, it's like, I remember when I was sitting with a few of my mates at the gym and there was five of us and all of us didn't have dads. Yeah. You know, you know, I think three of them passed away mm-hmm. and the rest are just not around. Yeah. You know, and you can you can kind of reflect on that of people in your life. It's like, how many good dads do you know? You know, and that's so why true. I always spoken to your dad about it as well. It's it's such a beautiful thing when you when you find a good dad. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I didn't have a dad, right? Yeah. Um, so when I find that, I, I just value it a lot, and I find it really fascinating. Yeah. Because it's to me in my life, it's so rare. Yeah. Well, it is. It really is. I think you make a really good point with that. And it's like, you know, like you said, what five of your friends didn't have didn't have dads. And I think like, I'm assuming a lot of those friends were the ones that you grew up with as well. Yeah. So you kind of almost found like for you personally, like you were able to find that sort of really good group of strong males to kind of grow up with essentially. Yeah. But a lot of a lot of guys and men these days don't have that. Yeah, and we all have our flaws. Um, and we all still struggle, um, mm. but we, you know, I think there's definitely people struggling a lot more with kind of emo- opening up with how they really feel mm. and just finding themselves. Yeah. You know, I think males these days find it really hard to find themselves because it's, it is really confusing of what they're, what they're supposed to be. Yeah. And who they, and exactly. Who and who they, they are. are. Right. And that word like toxic masculinity gets thrown around a lot as well. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? Um, <laughs> I, I like your view on it because I think your view is really interesting because I know we've had conversations about it. Um, and I think people really throw like, oh, he's just toxic or like toxic masculinity. But how you've kind of explained it to me, I really, I don't know. Like, I think it makes sense. Like, Yeah, I think, I think it's hard. I think obviously it depends what your perception of masculinity is. Yeah. And what are we talking about, mm. right? Are we talking about toxic masculinity where it's like, the male's like fucking don't talk to me like that. You're a woman or, you know, yeah. like go do the dishes. You need to do this because you're a woman. All this stuff that is just a fucking joke. Yeah. But in my opinion, that is not masculinity. Yeah, exactly. So don't call it, don't lay, don't bind the two together. Yeah. Right. Because masculinity is something that I know myself and I feel like a, young, a lot of younger men need to know exactly what it is and strive to be that. Yeah. Right? It's not, I'm better than you because you're a woman. Yeah. It's not that. It's, we're both different in our ways. Yeah. Right? I'm not better than you. Mm. You're not better than me. Mm. And I'm going to do everything I can to help you and provide if needed and protect and be that strong male figure. Because mm. in my opinion, men and women are, when men and women are different. Mm. Yeah. Right? Doesn't mean... One's better than the other. Oh, this is a touchy right? subject. Everyone, mean, don't come at us. We're just... Right? But men, we're just different. It's just, it baffles me why people think otherwise. Yeah. Right? We had a... It... If someone walks in this house right now, I'm not going to expect you to fucking punch me in the head and I'm going to hide behind the couch. <laughs> right? Who's more capable? No, but I also think like this kind of um, is really good. Last, I think it was last episode or one of the episodes we recently did, Jackie spoke a lot about like she sits a lot in her masculine kind of energy because of like just, you know, childhood issues, blah, blah, blah. And she said, but if I was to meet a, a, a man who was really strong in his ma- like masculine energy, that would bring out my feminine side. Yeah. And that would make me be more feminine. Yeah. And I think that that is a really good kind of reflection to make in this sort of situation. Like if you're with a man who is, you know, masculine to a healthy extent, it will really bring out the feminine sort of side of a woman. Yeah. 
Um, and I guess that's kind of what you're meaning in terms of like, yeah. we obviously are different. I think, and that's why I just don't like that word because yeah. my understanding of masculinity is like, you know, I've got a lot of, I was raised by women, mm. right? A mum and a sister. Mm. I would lay my life down for them. Yeah. If they called me and they had issues, I would sort it out. Yeah. Right? I'm not afraid to put my life maybe in danger to protect them. Mm. Right? I'm going to do everything and to protect and provide and, and be that for them. Mm. Yeah. Right? Because that's just, that's what I think it is. It's, it's holding cord, card doors open. Mm. Right? It's, it's buying flowers as well. It's doing all the thing that a woman, a woman, you know, appreciates, yeah. right? But it's it's nothing to do with I'm better or I think I'm better. Yeah. It's like I understand what, and I believe in roles to an extent, right? I believe what my role should basically be, mm. right? I want to be able to, when I have a, if I have a daughter, right? I want to be able to protect. I want to be able to provide. Mm. And I want to be there in all ways. Right, but that's what it's about. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I see. I, I I definitely see what you're saying for sure, and I think like it's just interesting to get like the male perspective on those types of things because we've yeah. obviously spoken about you know various things on this podcast, but we are always talking from a woman's perspective. Um, and I know that you have really interesting. Um, like every time we speak about this, I always learn something or I am always like really open-minded to what you have to say, because I think you have really good insight into those types of topics as well, which yeah. is why I wanted to. Oh yeah. It's just about, I want you, my mum, my sister to be able to find safety in me if needed. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying you need it. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm not right. saying you need me. But these are just, all this stuff probably will never come to fruition and never happen, right? Yeah. You might not never have to... We're not in the 1700s. Your mum calls you and says, mate, you need to get here, you know, and I have to run there and just bash some guy. Like, <laughs> it's probably never going to happen. But they're core beliefs that I believe in. Yeah. Right? But the thing is, all males don't need to be like that. Yeah. Right? Masculine is... It's not just all about being aggressive and being able to protect. It's so many different things, right? Yeah. It's like my, my pop, right? He was very much like that, but the, he used to swear and all that sort of stuff. But around my nan, he never swore once. Yeah. Right? He would look after her. Like, it's, there's so many different things about it. Mm. Right? But mm. I, don't like to, I, like, I don't like to be, for it combined into a negative thing like toxic masculinity. No, yeah. And I think that that's Because in my hard. opinion, it's offensive to me. When you, because when you think about toxic masculinity, you think about that guy in, the, in his wife beater that <laughs> beats his wife and get back in the kitchen and don't speak to me like you're a woman. Yeah. That's what toxic masculinity is referred to. And it's like, that's a fucking pig. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't, don't label the two the same. Yeah. Right. Very, yeah. Very different. He's not, a, he's not a man. It comes from insecurity. Yeah. It does. Right. Yeah. Being a man is you don't raise your voice around women. You don't yell. You don't put hands on. You don't do that. Yeah. You don't. Why do you do that? Why do men do that? It's because they're insecure. Yeah. It's as simple as that. They don't know who they are, right? Yeah. And they obviously need to do their own self-work. Exactly right. To do that. And yeah. normally they, they take out their frustrations on someone they find they can. Or someone that they perceive as less or yeah. more vulnerable than exactly they right. are. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Which is wrong. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck those guys. Very interesting insights. Are we going to get cancelled? No. Nah. Don't say anything bad. No, nah, I don't think so. Hopefully not. Um, well, I think we can probably wrap it up there. We've been going for about an hour, so that's, really, yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Um, can you tell everyone the you know like where they can find you on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> then that, we haven't even mentioned the oh, name this of is your a proper podcast. Hey? We haven't mentioned the name of your business or anything. So if you could just let everyone know your businesses and where they can find you. You know what? We'll put his handles in the in, yeah. in the notes, but... I'm nothing special. Oh. I'm only on here because Jackie's away. <laughs> I was like, shit, I need to do one this week. Like, who can I get? <laughs> oh, I can get her. Oh, she's away. Oh, him. Oh, she's away. Oh, I guess I can use Corey. <laughs> yeah, no way. I'll do that it. is not true. I've asked you to come on here a few times. Anyway, I'll do it for you. It's better you... 
Fitness. Yeah. That, that's the center, Better You Fitness. And then Better You Coaching. Yeah. Is Great. that right? Better You Fitness Center, Better You Physiques. Physiques. Better You. Better You. Just type in Better You and he'll come up. Awesome. <laughs> Probably not. I'll probably like 10 down the list. No, like stop followers. it. Stop it. Confidence is key. Yeah. Um, also, we have to close off the podcast by saying um, be good or be good at it at the same time. I'm not saying that. You have to. That's Jules and Jackie's thing. I'm not no, doing that. No, you have that. to for the it's podcast. I tell you what's an ick. <laughs> Yours and Jackie's fucking little things you always do. What do you mean? Oh, I don't know. What do you mean? It's just being around you two. <laughs> No, nah, it's not. It's actually funny. It's just you two are like the same person. It's like you read each other's minds. We do. Like you guys are like, it'll just be silent and someone will be like making noise and you two will piss out laughing. I'm like. What's going on? What's funny? You know? <laughs> we just never tell you. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we have a lot of inside jokes. We do. We, we spend a lot of time together, obviously. And so I think like we just... Sam, our old housemate, she said the same thing. She's like, living with you two is fucked because all you do is just like laugh about shit that no one else understands. And yeah. Or I understand it, but it's like, it's just simply not funny. No, but like (laughs) you had to be there or like you're not a part of, you're not a part of it. So you don't get it. Just exclude me. (laughs) Oh, you're okay. (laughs) No. We have to close it off like that. Jackie will not be happy if we don't do it. Ready? You're not going to say it, are you? Promise? Yeah, I'll say Pinky it. promise. All right. <laughs> Ready, set, go. Be, be good, good or, or be, be good, good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job. You did a great job. Well done. <laughs>